welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. Hallelujah. You're thankful for that transforming message. Amen. That experience, that Damascus Road experience. Amen. So thankful I'm not who I used to be. Amen. I'm so thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost. So thankful for His mercy, His grace. Amen. I'm thankful to be apostolic. I'm thankful to be in an apostolic church. Amen. Thankful for the presence of the Lord that's in this place tonight. Amen. God is good. So good. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thankful to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. So thankful for this Acts 2.38 message. Amen. So thankful for the truth. Amen. There's nothing like this. Amen. God is so good. It's Wednesday night and God is in the house. Amen. So thankful to be here. So thankful to be in his presence. Amen. Sunday morning, I was going to have one message and the Lord get switched it on me. So I'm going to do Sunday morning's message tonight. Amen. We're going to go out a book of Acts. Amen. Acts 1 and 8. And we have been singing about this. Amen. Acts 1 and 8. If everybody's there, say amen. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. This evening, I would like to share more than just a message. Amen. This is a passion. Amen. It should be each and every one of our heartbeats. Amen. I don't intend to take a text from a single verse of Scripture. If you allow me, I will intend to, to preach or speak for just a few moments from an entire book. Amen. The book of Acts. Amen. No greater book. Amen. I want to talk to you on this subject. A modern day book of Acts church. I'm going to talk about the first century principles. How do we take the first century principles and apply them to a 21st century church? Amen. Nothing's changed. This word has not changed. But how do we take that message, that, that, those principles, and apply them today? So if you'll allow me this morning, I mean this morning, woo, this evening, if you'll put your Bibles down, let's lift up our hands and let's ask the Lord to bless this word. Lord, we love and we praise you and we thank you for an opportunity to be here, Lord. So thankful for your presence that's in this place, Lord. We thank you for all that you do, Lord. We thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Lord, we thank you for being a, that you hear our cries, Lord, when we cry out unto you, Lord. That you answer prayers, Lord Jesus, according to your will. Not ours, Lord, but yours. We thank you for being an on-time God. 
Lord, and I just pray, Lord, that you just touch and bless everyone here tonight, Lord. Touch these lips, Lord Jesus, to bring forth this word. And in Jesus' name we pray and let everybody say amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And you can smile at your neighbors, you're being seated. The book of Acts is said to be the centerpiece of the entire Bible. Amen. All of the other books in Scripture either anticipate the book of Acts, looking forward to a mighty move of God. Amen. Or they use its record as a measuring stick for that what the church should be. Amen. The Old Testament builds a foundation for a church that emerged in the book of Acts. Through, from Genesis on, we, talk, you, you, we hear it. It's, it's prophesied and it's anticipated. The, the bruising of the heel and the head. Amen. Isaiah's prophecies. Amen. Everything in the, in, in the Old Testament points towards the book of Acts. Amen. The temple in the, in the, in the wilderness. Solomon's temple. Coming across the Red Sea. Amen. The rock... That, that, that Moses smited and the water came out. Amen. It's all foretold. It's all points to the book of Acts. Amen. The epistles rest upon the accomplishments that were made in the book of Acts. The letters written to the churches which were established by the apostles were intended to encourage them to continue in the same faith and practices that they were familiar with. The faith that was delivered to them by the apostles. And the apostles got it directly from where? Jesus Christ himself. Amen. His earthly ministry. Understanding this, that everything that comes before it looks forward to it, and that everything that comes after it is built upon it. It's the book of Acts. Amen. It can easily be said that the book of Acts is the most important book in the entire Bible. All previous writings are poured into it, and all latter writings draw from it. It is the centerpiece of the Bible. Amen? It is the centerpiece of the Bible. A picture of God's kingdom on this planet as he intended to establish it. Amen? It is the centerpiece of the Bible. We would have literally no concept of the first church or the methods of the gospel's progression or the history of evangelization without a book of Acts. Amen. Telling us. Amen. The book of Acts is a record of the first century church. Should provide for us an expected norm. What we read in the book of Acts is an expected norm of the way the church should be. Amen. No holding back. Amen. Just giving themselves to God. See, it is a statement of what the church was intended to be. The principles that we stand upon as an apostolic church are founded upon the book of Acts. The book of Acts presents to us a message of, message of the kind of church that we are supposed to be. Amen. Its testimonies are not intended to represent an unreachable pinnacle. They are to represent a church as it should be. Amen. The book of Acts represents the doctrine of the church as it should be, a message of power, a message that has the power to overcome the sins of this world. Amen. It's a transforming message. Amen. 
The doctrine of the book of Acts is our doctrine. Amen. Amen. It's our doctrine. Everything we're founded upon is upon the book of Acts doctrine. The baptismal formula of the book of Acts is our baptismal formula. Amen. We baptize in the name of Jesus. We completely dunk you. We emerge you in the water. Amen. Praying over you in the name of Jesus. That is our formula. Amen. The message of the first century church is our message. It's a transforming message. It's an empowered message. The message of deliverance and the filling of the Holy Ghost that we preach today comes straight out of the pages of the book of Acts. Amen. The book of Acts represents the church that God endued with, endued with his spirit, a church that was no stranger to the demonstration to the power of God. We demonstrated that during worship service. Amen. We was worshiping freely. Amen. I believe that it's time for us to become a Book of Acts church in every way possible. Amen. We're a Book of Acts church, but there's some areas we need to tap into. There's some areas that we need to go. We need to go deeper, deeper, and higher heights in God. Amen. I believe that the principles that were employed by the first century church will still work in the 21st century. I believe that God wants us to see a 21st century move of God that rivals, amen, what occurred in the, first, in the 28 chapters of the book of Acts. Some would say that it, that it can't happen in this day and hour. Amen. Some would say that it's impossible. Some would say that it wasn't meant to be. Amen. But my friend, my Bible still says that the latter rain will be greater than the former rain. Amen. I firmly believe that God has greater things in store for the 21st century church. Amen. That was recorded in the book of Acts. God wants to do greater things. Amen. The question tonight is not can we have a book of Acts church in the 21st century. The question in my mind that I'm asking here is why did we ever settle for anything less than a book of Acts church? Amen. This is the greatest thing, to have this experience. Amen. It is time that we call the devil on his bluff and let him know that he is a liar and the father of all lies. Amen. The truth isn't in him. The spirit-filled people of the 21st century have the same apostolic anointing that the church had in the first century. Amen. This is our time. This is our hour. This is, we have the message. We have the truth. And we have power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are an apostolic in our message. We are apostolic in our worship. We are apostolic in our doctrine. Amen. And it is high time that we became apostolic in our faith. Amen. It is high time that we expected God to give us the power and demonstration of His Spirit. Amen. As we yield to Him, as the deeper we get into His Word, we continue to allow God to move and work in us and through us. Amen. I don't have time tonight to, to do justice to the topic that I want to introduce to you. I've spent time in, in, in studying and prayer over the last several months on this subject alone. I read a book that Rex gave me about the first church. And it's just something. I've always been fascinated with history and all that. But when we look at that first church, when we look at what Jerusalem was, and he said it will start first in Jerusalem. And what he'd done and how he turned them around. We look at Paul and his Damascus Road experience. We look at everybody, how he's like, he, tra he transformed their life. It was because of this message. Amen. It was because of the truth. 
Amen. But what excites me the most is when I look at the first century church and I look at every move of God from the, first, from the early part of the 20th century at Azusa Street, up in Canada and all that, they gave themselves, they yielded themselves to the Holy Ghost. Completely, withholding nothing. They let the Holy Ghost just be the Holy Ghost in their lives. They depended upon it. It was everything to them. Amen. Church wasn't what they did. Church was who they was. Amen. They had been transformed. They knew the power of the Holy Ghost. They knew the Word of God. They trusted in it. They depended upon it. And they gave themselves to it. Amen. What does it mean to be a modern day Book of Acts church? How do... How do those first century principles find their way in the 21st century application? We live in a completely different world with a completely different political and spiritual atmosphere. But I firmly believe that the principles that caused the first century church to become a powerful force that turned their world upside down for the gospel of Jesus Christ are timeless. This word has not changed. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This word is forever settled. Amen. We just had to be determined that there's no turning back. Amen. But unfortunately, there isn't time in any single service to spend an appropriate amount of time on the principles that I believe are responsible, amen, for some of the things that we need to apply to our lives. I believe this is the foundation, what it means to be a, a, a modern-day church. i got eight points I want to make tonight. I know that sounds like a lot, but, but it's not. Amen. It's valuable. Amen. There's eight principles. Amen. First thing we need to understand is the first century church, the principle that they had, they understood this, they was an empowered church. Say that with me, empowered church. They was empowered. They were an empowered church. Acts 1 and 8 says, but you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. The Holy Ghost-filled church in the first century was a church that allowed the power of the Holy Ghost to work in them and through them. They were a church that wasn't just saved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And it, wasn't more, it was more than, to them than just the final step in the plan of salvation. They were empowered, amen, by the Holy Ghost. They were people that let the Holy Ghost work in their lives. They were people that expected the Holy Ghost to work. Then... They had been empowered. They had been made more than overcomers. Amen. They had believed that the power that resided in them, they had everything they needed. Amen. When they had the Holy Ghost, when we have the Holy Ghost, we have all we need. Amen. You can't get much better than that. This is all we need is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Ephesians 3 and 20 isn't just an anomaly. Amen, of Scripture. It's evidence of the first century principles that needs to find a 21st century application in our lives. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh within us. Amen. There is power working in us. Amen. The Holy Ghost is viable force that will work within us if we will let it. Amen. We are not a dead church. We are not a traditional church. We are an empowered church. Amen. And it is high time that we realize and acted upon that. It is time that we quit being complacent as sin runs rampant around us. Amen. It is time to quit sitting idly by while our families are destroyed by the powers of this world. Amen. We have the power that works within us. But ye shall receive power. 
Amen. We have power in the Holy Ghost. Amen. When we see the sin running rapid, get on our get on our hands and our faces, amen, and pray. Pray that the Holy Ghost will bind up and break those chains. Amen. And he will do it. He do, if he done it for me, if he can do it for you, he can do it for them. But it comes through prayer. It comes through fasting. It comes through tapping into the Holy Ghost. Acts 3 and 6 says, Then Peter said, said Silver and gold have I none, but such as I, I have I give. I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What did Peter have? Peter had power. Amen. What did, where did his power come from? came from the Holy Ghost. Amen. What Peter have, I have. What Peter have, you have. Amen. It is time we let it work within us. Amen. If you are spirit-filled tonight, amen, you have been empowered through the Holy Ghost. Amen. It may be, don't let it lay dormant in your soul, but there is within you the same power that raised the dead. Amen. Open blinded eyes. Amen. That healed sicknesses. That same power is within you. It is within us. Amen. And we just need to let the Holy Ghost move. Yield to it. Keep praying. Get it. This, this book is our roadmap through life, period. Amen. All we need, we find in this book. Amen. And it all leads to the book of Acts and the power in the book of Acts through the Holy Ghost that we have. Amen. We look at our day and age, amen, and you see it completely going on right now in our society. There's a lot of people on our broad path. That's why somebody was arguing with me, well, not arguing, debating with me the other day. Well, you know, the kind of church you want to have in this today and age, it can't happen. You know, there's, there's more sin. There's more availability to sin. Well, you see it played out because it says the road is wide. Amen. That leads to destruction. Amen. But when you got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost leads and guides you. It has conviction get upon you. It, it checks you real quick. Amen. And keeps you on that straight and narrow path that leads to righteousness, that leads to eternity. Amen. And it's about giving ourselves to the Holy Ghost because we're an empowered. We have power to flee sin. We have power to pray for others. We have power, you know, to reach the lost. Amen. It's letting the Holy Ghost move within us. Amen. Which leads us to our second, second principle. Acts 1 and 8 says, And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. The second principle about the church was they, was they had an empowered, they were empowered, but they had an empowered message. Amen. They had the power of the Spirit, but they also had the power of the message. In addition to being an empowered church, the Book of Acts church had an empowered message. Amen. They were an evangelistic church because they realized there was power in their message. They wasn't ashamed. They didn't look at themselves as some kind of second-class citizens. Amen. They realized if they could share their message, it had within them itself could transform those around them. Because if it transformed them... They knew it could transform somebody else. Amen. That's the power of this message. This message is a transforming message. Amen. It saves. Amen. It sets the captives free. Amen. So often we get caught up in ourselves and all of our inabilities, everything that we can't do. But, we, but can I tell you tonight that you've been empowered, amen, through the Holy Ghost 
with an empowered message. Amen. When Paul stood before Felix in the 24th chapter of the book of Acts, he pled his case. Felix said, I'm acquainted with the way of which you speak. Amen. Felix trembled because I'm quite sure Felix had seen this message transform a lot of his friends. Amen. He told Paul, will you go back in a more convenient time? I'll call for you. Because he had seen what this message apparently had done to his friends and people around him. Amen. But he was a person that thought, well, man, I'm, I'm all right where I'm at right now. You know, I've got this, man. I don't want to give this up. You guys are crazy. You guys are doing this and doing that. He says, you know, it scared him. Amen. But he forfeited the greatest thing he could have had. And that was be transformed by this message and have eternal life in heaven. Amen. And he forfeited because it wasn't a convenient time for him. He was more in love with the things of this world. My point there is we're going to send this message out. We're going to share this message. And not everybody's going to receive it. Don't get upset about it. You're just being the vessel. You're sowing the seed. Amen. And it's up to them to choose because it's the day of their salvation. Don't get upset about that. You just keep doing your part. They don't receive it. Keep slinging it over there. Keep slinging it over here. Somebody's going to take it. Amen. And it's an empowered message. See, they spread their gospel because they realized it had power to transform lives. They were a revival church which reached their world through the power of the gospel. Romans 1 and 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Amen. I believe that it is time that we recognize who we are and what we have. Amen. We are an empowered church with an empowered message. What would what what world needs is not another religious movement. What this city needs is not another church. What the people need is an empowered message. Amen. We have a message that sets the captives free, that binds the brokenhearted, that lifts up the discouraged and fills the emptiness. Amen. That exists in every man. Amen. We must publish it far and wide. Amen. The key to revival lies in our message of hope and deliverance. Don't keep your mouth shut. Don't keep your mouth shut. Experience and share the experience that you've had through Christ with others. Amen. It's exciting. This day and hour we live in. Amen. See, they broadcasted this truth. It was the power of God unto salvation. In the first century church, you find every believer empowered by the Holy Ghost speaking in all places to everyone sharing this empowered message. They declared Jesus Christ risen from the grave. They shared with, with everyone, amen, that would listen about the prayer power of the Holy Ghost. They told anyone that would listen about the power of the Holy Ghost. They told anyone that would listen about God's delivering power. And God added daily to the church because they weren't just a Sunday church or a Wednesday church. They were a church, an everyday church, a Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name church. Amen. Book in Acts, in Acts 8, Philip was in Samaria talking to some folks about God in the middle of the city. Then Peter and John started praying for folks in the town square and folks were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. 
just start sharing that message. Amen. Acts 10, Peter was found in Cornelius' house telling them about the power of the Holy Ghost. Acts 19, Paul ran into some disciples of John starting talking to them and about the Holy Ghost and baptism in Jesus' name. We come across a lot of people in that, that group. Paul just asked a simple question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, what do you mean? Well, I've heard about the Holy Ghost. You know, I had somebody the other day make reference, you know, that, oh, your church is kind of crazy. Well, it's in the book of Acts. It's in the Bible. Amen. When I read the book of Acts, the whole city got happy because he got filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is exciting. Amen. And it's in the book of Acts. It's the Bible. Amen. I had somebody tell me one time, well, oh, you're talking about that Pentecostal theology. Is it in the Bible? Amen. It's in the Bible. Matter of fact, when the church was born, what was they celebrating? What, what feast was it? Oh, what, the day of Pentecost? Amen. It was the day of Pentecost. When they're celebrating, it's in the Bible. Amen. You want to split hairs over something? I'm talking about the Bible. We can't split hairs on that. That's the truth. Amen. Peter preached when he had them keys. He preached, be bad, repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Evidence by speaking in other tongues. As what? As the Spirit gives the utterance. It's in the Bible. How did they know that they were Spirit-filled? They heard them speak in tongues. Amen. It's in the Bible. Amen. This word is forever settled. We ain't going to split and argue about it. We're just going to tell you it's in the Bible. If you want to know the truth, here it is. We can talk about it, but I'm not going to argue with you about it because it's forever settled in heaven. It is the truth. Amen. It's non-negotiable. Amen. Non-negotiable. It's in the book. This is my blueprint. Amen. I'm not going to argue with you about it. We can sit down and we'll study it and talk about it and have a Bible study. But we ain't going to argue about it because the truth's the truth. Amen. God is good. When was the last time you shared the gospel? Amen. They did people did, in the first century, they did not wait for people to open the door, so to speak. They considered a soul an open door for the gospel. Amen. We come across people every day. Amen. And we just got to share this gospel. We got to plug in Jesus. You know, we're, we're in a meeting today over an Our Voice survey. We didn't do too good, our group didn't. My guy, the, our, our group ain't happy. They gave everybody else in the building a $2 raise, and they just said, forget you guys. So they was unhappy. Amen. So they had a survey, which was stupid. Why would you give a survey and then want to know how somebody feels? Well, you left them out. Amen. But we're in there, man, and they're talking, man, and then every time we come talk, well, you know, the Bible says this, Rex, do you always got to make mention of the Bible? Well, that's my life. Amen. All that I need, I find in the book. Amen. That's where we got to be, folks. We got to be about the book. We got to be about this message. We got to be about the Holy Ghost. We got to be about souls and reaching souls and seeing them get to heaven at no matter what cost. Amen. It's about souls. How will we have revival if we don't open our mouths and declare what God has done? Amen. We've got to share this gospel. God's been too good to me for me not to tell somebody what he's did for me. Amen. He's brought me a long way. Thank God I'm not who I used to be. 
Amen. I'm quite sure you can say that too. Thank God you ain't who you used to be. Thank God for His grace. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God for an empowered message. Amen. I want to challenge you for, to be a book of Acts church. Amen. Let it be noised abroad that Jesus is in the house. Amen. Go spread the word. It is a catalyst for revival. Talking about 21st century principles and 21st century application. We need to be an evangelistic church. It is our job to plant the seed and water it. God gives the increase. Amen. Don't get frustrated. You just keep sowing those seeds. I'm going to say that again. Just keep sowing those seeds. Keep sharing that testimony. Keep sharing what God done at church. He baptized somebody Sunday morning. Man, you should have been there to see it. You should have been here to feel the power of the Holy Ghost. You should have been in our worship service. Amen. But there can't be any increase if we are constantly intimidated and not sharing this message. Amen. I want you to understand this gospel is powerful. If it is rejected, it's not you that has been rejected. You, have, you haven't failed. Amen. They've rejected the gospel. They pulled a Felix. They rejected God. Not you. They rejected God. Amen. Agrippa, oh, thou almost persuaded me. Amen. They didn't reject. Agrippa didn't reject Paul. He rejected God. Amen. Because this gospel is unto them, unto salvation. Amen. The only way we can keep from having revival is if we don't share this powerful message. Amen. You have the powerful message of what God has done in your life. Amen. We can't hoard this gospel. We got to share it. The parable of the sower in the book is there for a reason. We must broadcast this word. The sower didn't try to discern the ground what was right or what was not. He just broadcasted the seed. He just kept planting. Amen. He understood this principle. Seed is cheap, but the harvest is rich. We need to get that kind of, of mindset about the gospel. We need to share everywhere with everyone. The first century church was a church that refused to be silenced. Acts 4 and 20 says that we cannot help but speak that which we have seen and heard. It is time we got such a conviction about the things that we have seen and heard. Amen. And share it. Broadcast it. Amen. We've experienced something that most people don't experience. Most people look at it and they say, man, they're always smiling. They look different. They dress different. They act different. They don't handle situations the way I do. I had a guy the other day got so mad he just started kicking something. I'm like, what in the world? You know? And the words that was coming out, he was speaking in tongues, but it wasn't the right tongues. Amen. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Oh, man. I'm like, come on, dude. It's just a boat. Get the right wrench and it'd be all right. You know? But he's losing his ever loving mind. You know, I'm like, man, life is too much to be getting stressed out and acting like this for nothing that has no eternal value. Amen. Just share the gospel. Amen. The third thing, amen, I'm trying to move along here. They were a people of the name. 
the first century church was a Jesus-named church more than just being oneness and theology. They were a people of the name. In Acts 3, when the, when the lame beggar was healed, the people were amazed, and Peter took advantage of the opportunity to explain the fact that in verse 16, it was by the name of Jesus, right. amen, through faith in his name that made the man whole. Amen. And nothing to do with me, Peter said. It is the power of Jesus Christ. It's that name. Amen. Acts 3 and 13 through 16 says, that God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob and of God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus, whom he delivered up. Verse 16 says, and his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong, made him whole. They were a people of the name. They were... When they called upon the name, realizing they were calling upon the power of heaven. Amen. They, they more than just a, just a Jesus name people. Amen. They were a people that believed in and applied the power of that name. Amen. They were a church that believed that when they breathed the name of Jesus, that situations were changed and the supernatural were poised to happen at the mentioning of that name. They were a people that firmly believed that by the name of Jesus, anything was possible. And it is. Amen. Anything. And they never hesitated to declare the power of that name. On another occasion in Acts 4 and 10, Peter declared, Be it known unto you all, to all the people of Israel, that the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which it, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Amen. There's no other name. Amen. It is time we exercise the power of the name of Jesus. It has become the most common curse word in Hollywood, but it remains a power to be yielded by the book of Acts Church. It is time we called upon that name, expecting God to do wonderful things. Amen. This name, that name is your name. Amen. You took on that name at baptism. It only has the right to speak if with the power and authority you do. When you speak that name, all of heaven listens. And when you speak that name, all of hell trembles. Amen. At the mention of that name, sickness has fleas. Demons have to surrender their trophies. Amen. When the name is spoken of power and authority is loosed. Amen. There is within that name the power to bind and to loose. Amen. The power of that name that worked in the first century still works in the church today. Amen. We baptize in that name. We marry in that name. We pray in that name. All that we do, we do in the name of Jesus. Amen. And it still has power in the 21st century. And it still has power to set at liberty them that are bound, the power to heal the sin-sick soul. There's power in that name. It's time that we put it to use in our lives. When we call upon that name, we should expect God to move. <coughs> Excuse me. There's power in that name. We need to be expecting. Every time we mention it, Jesus, we know something's happening. When we go and pray for somebody, we pray in that name. We expect God to heal them. Amen. We pray over these prayer cloths. I'm expecting God to move. Amen. Every time we mention them, everything we do, I'm expecting God. 
I'm standing upon your word that says, by your stripes you shall be healed. Amen? Amen? The fourth thing is, <coughs> excuse me, amen, they were a people of prayer. The first century church was a church of prayer. Amen? It was birthed out of a prayer meeting in the upper room. Amen. They were people of prayer. When Peter and John stood before the elders and the scribes and the high priest in Acts 4, the Bible tells us that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. Whoa, hold on a minute. Ain't you just some fishermen? You ain't got no education. You ain't got no degree. Amen. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Amen. Something about being with Jesus. Amen. There's something about being in his presence. They were a church that spent time with Jesus. They were investing themselves in prayer and fasting, walking with God, spending time in his presence, and it showed in everything that they did. Amen. They reflected Jesus and what they do. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. In Acts 4 and 31, they prayed until, the move, until they moved heaven, which shook the earth. They prayed until the Holy Ghost fell. Amen. We need to get back to that. We need to be praying. We need to be tarrying. Amen. We need to be tarrying. That means we need to be spending time. Amen. Seeking and hungering and thirsting after him. Amen. When James was killed with the sword and Peter was in prison, they didn't incite a riot and storm the prisons. Instead, they gathered together and went to their knees in prayer. Amen. Because they knew God answered prayers. Amen. And what happened? He opened up the jail cells. Who's standing there knocking at the door and they're thinking, oh man, that, that sounds like Peter. That looks like Peter. That can't be Peter. He's in jail. But they prayed and God answered their prayer and they're astonished that God answered their prayer. Amen? They realized our warfare is not with flesh and blood, but we do war with powers and principalities. We win our, our victories on our knees. Amen? We win our battles not in the courts of law, but in the courts of the king of all kings. Amen? Being in his presence, touching the throne of God. A 21st century book of Acts church will be a church of prayer. It will be a church that recognizes much more can be accomplished by an hour shut away in the presence of God than could ever be accomplished by the mere might of mortal men. There's something about prayer. There's something about being in his presence. Amen. There's something just about being there. Amen. There's, there are so many other principles of the first century church that need to be applied by the 21st century church. Amen. I'm going to go through these next, knock them out here. It's, it's getting late. I won't keep you late. All right. The fifth thing is, they were a people of unity. Amen. In the upper room, in a prayer meeting. All right, it didn't come until what happened? When they was all in one mind and one accord. When they came together in unity. When they had flushed everything out. Amen. I read one, 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 one commentary that says they was in there 10 days. One says he was in there as much as 27 days. Praying in that upper room before the Holy Ghost fell. Because God was bringing them together. Amen. That's we need unity. We're here for each other. We need to lift each other up. Acts 4 and 31 says that those who believed were of one heart and soul. 
they were a church that understood that if, if one can set a thousand to flight and two can set ten thousand to flight to unified body of believers, nothing is impossible. Amen. We have a power within here that comes through unity. We'll bind together. Amen. We come together. We need each other. We need to encourage each other. Amen. If you see somebody doing something, pray about it. Pray for them. Encourage them. Don't run off somewhere and start gossiping. I'm trying not to go there. Amen. But we need to be a, be a church of prayer, a church of unity. I love you. I'm concerned about you. Amen. And as you pray about it, God will give you the words to go up and say, hey, look, man, you know, you've been on my heart. You know, and I've been praying for you. I not, don't know the whole situation, but I want you to know I'm praying for you to have victory over this situation. That's unity. Amen. That's being there for each other. Amen. I got tickled. Alex has been showing, we've been sharing some old stories from growing up. And then I got Sister Crystal works with, a, with Freddie King, who, like a brother. Amen. So he's been telling her stories. But I remember one time, we was on the couch. I was on the couch. My brother was five years older than me. And uh, he said some stuff. I said some stuff. Man, and he took off, Brother Blackford, come running, jumped up had that knee, I ducked, and it went through the drywall. I said, man, dad's going to kill you. All right. Dad came home. I got the whooping. Well, I know it was your mouth. I know it was you. Amen. Me and my brother, we fought like that. Amen. But you know what? You weren't going to say nothing about my brother around me and not think he wasn't going to face something. Amen. That's unity. That's being together. Amen. I can talk about you. Amen. But I'm going to talk to you about your face. Amen. I know it sounds funny, but you know the thing is, families have disagreements. Amen. But there's something about it. When it comes down to it, we're in those trenches, I got your back. I'm there for you. That's the way the church is. The first century church was that way. We need to be that way. It doesn't matter what you're doing. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to help you. You want to talk about it? You know, we'll talk about it. We'll get some counseling about it. We'll go to this book about it. We'll definitely go to our knees about it. But we need to come together. Amen. It's about unity. Amen. The 21st century book of Acts Church will be a church that is united for the cause of Christ. Because they had that cause. The cause was Christ. This message, reaching souls and getting to heaven. Amen. The sixth thing, they were a giving people. Amen. They sold what they had and contributed to the work of God. I believe that there is a 21st century application here. I don't believe, amen, that we have to return to communal, communal giving. All right? I'm not saying that. Amen. I'm not telling you go out, sell everything, bring it in here, we'll build the building. Amen. I'm, that would be great. But I'm not saying that's what we're called to do here. Amen. But I do believe it is time that we broke the yoke of finances. And I know this time and age, this day that we're living in right now, that is very hard with inflation and all that. But we just continue to need to be a people of prayer and watch God move. God will provide for his people. God will make a way. Amen. Contrary to the way the world thinks, 
the key to financial blessing lies in giving. Amen. It, it, first thing I'm writing is my tithe and my offering. Amen. God's been good. But I know the many blessings I've got because I've been faithful to the house of God. He's been faithful to me. It's time that we became a giving church. We are a giving church. Nobody can dispute that. We are a giving church. Amen. If it ain't but the two mics, we are a giving church. Amen. The seventh thing that, we, that they have, they were a separated church. Amen. In Acts 2 and 4, they preached, save yourselves from this untoward generation. When Saul sought to persecute them, he went looking for those that belonged to the way. Can I tell you that even in the first century church was a noticeable way that marked the people of God. They lived a certain way. They walked a certain way. And there were things that they wouldn't do. Places they wouldn't go. Amen. Things they... It is so hard today because we walk around with these little phones that give you access to anything. And it's amazing at work when you walk upon somebody and you're thinking, we need to pray, man. You should not be looking at that junk. You know? Oh, man. No. You don't, you don't understand what you're doing. You know? We just need to pray. Amen? And we need to be a separated church. He called us to come out from amongst them. Be separated because he's holy. We need to be holy. Amen. Let the Holy Ghost lead us through convictions. Amen. It was so evident that Paul was certain. Amen. That he would be able to recognize those that belonged to the way. First church, I like that. They was the way. You know, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Are you in the way? Amen. That means I'm staying on a straight and narrow path. Amen. I'm avoiding that broad path. I'm in the way. I don't have time to go over here. I don't have time to do that. Amen. If my brothers and sisters need me, hey, we'll, we'll keep on chugging along. Amen. The eighth and final thing was, and I think we're about to get to this situation. Some of us have been here already, but they were a persecuted church. But their persecution came at the catalyst of their revival. Amen. They were pressed, but they weren't defeated. They were overcomers. There is so much more. I just don't have time tonight. Amen. To go over all these principles. Amen. There's more. I would encourage you to read your Bible. Amen. But as you go on your journey, living these principles, living in the way. Amen. And as God keeps giving us revival and growth and all that, people are going to talk about you. Amen. They're going to persecute you. They're going to make fun of you. But amen, just stay rooted and grounded and anchored to this truth. Amen. If you'll stand with me, we'll close. See, both Luke and Acts are addressed to Theophilus. It was a long been thought that this was this may be a person, amen, that was an acquaintance of Luke. The name comes from a combination of two Greek words, Theos and Theolus. Theophilus, the Greek combination means God lover. Amen. Theophilus was a God lover. I recently discovered that there 
are those that subscribe to the ideal that Theophilus was not an individual, but that his was intended to be a designation that marked the first century church. In a day and age when it was dangerous to be called a Christian, these books were addressed to God lovers. The phrase may have been chosen by Luke because it was the best single designator for those that belong to the way. It seems to me this evening that if we are to be a 21st century book of Acts church, then we must first be lovers of God. Amen. We must know him. We must pursue him. We must walk with him and talk with him. We must leave such an impression upon our lives, amen, that we can be clearly recognized as God lovers. Amen. There's something people notice about us. Our continence is different. It's when we've been in the presence of the Lord, the Holy Ghost just shines. If it is your desire tonight to become a modern-day Book of Acts church, can I humbly submit to you that this may be the place to start. Amen. Before we excel in these other areas, we must first order the priorities of our lives. Amen. We must become first and foremost lovers of God. Amen. Why don't we find a place, whether it's at the altar or in your seat, and rekindle your first love? Amen. Why don't you find a place in His presence and fall in love with Him all over can we just take a few minutes here tonight and pray? Lord, we love and we praise you. I'll open up the altars if you want to come to the altars. I know it's Wednesday night, but amen, God wants to do something. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this word. And I pray, Lord, that you just help us, Lord Jesus, to seek the hunger and thirst and desire more of you, Lord, to be rooted and grounded, Lord, as you take us to higher heights and the deeper depths, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you continue to tear down every stronghold, Jesus, casting down all imagination, Jesus, things that may be exalted above you, Lord, Jesus, knowing this is all about you, this ain't about us, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you just move upon us, Lord. Lord, and help us, Lord, to achieve, Lord, to be this 21st century, Lord, that you, this church, Lord, that you've called us, that book of Acts church, Lord, Jesus, to, to, to be willing and submitted to you, Lord, not our will, but your will, Lord.